Hale Varsity Radio, every weekday afternoon from 4 to 6 p.m. On Thursday, show from counterread.com, Brandon Vogel, former Colorado football head coach Gary Barnett, and staff writer for The Athletic, Mitch Sherman, that and more. Hale Varsity Radio is the best sports talk radio show around. Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbal have you covered every weekday, 4 to 6 p.m. with Hale Varsity Radio. Join us here on Church of the Corn. You are joined by uh, Drake and Zach here two days in a row. Lucky for you guys. Uh, <laughs> a lot of a lot of college football yesterday. We got pro football today. We'll be breaking down a lot of the big games that happened yesterday. But uh, let's start like we always do. Drake, how are you doing, my friend? How's your weekend, Ben? Oh, it was good, man. Uh, we went to the Funny Bone last night. So uh, nice. It's been yeah. good. Good day. Who, who, who was up Patriots there? Patriots play. Asking. Uh, JP Sears. Okay. I didn't know if it was anybody. Um, Patriots played the Eagles a little bit better than I thought they would. And I'm on my way to a one in one fantasy week. So, well, you know, uh, I watched that whole Eagles Patriots game. Obviously, you're a Patriots fan. I'm an Eagles fan. So we're able to. We're able to come together and do a great podcast here. It was it was a really <laughs> close game. Um, Patriots spotted Eagles 16 points in the beginning. Eagles could not seem to move the ball. Uh, defensively, they got picked apart by tight ends over the middle against uh, linebackers. So I, I don't have any uh, concern for the Patriots. I think actually Mac Jones this year might might turn around and uh, surprise some people. He actually looked pretty good today. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I told you before we got in there, I turned it off after the Ezekiel Elliott fumble and didn't have a desire to watch any of it after that, no matter what happened. But um Things I've seen on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it, uh, looking at the stats, sounds like he did a lot better. Um, looked like a like an NFL quarterback finally. So looked like an NFL quarterback, and I threw the I think he threw three tutties today. So he he actually uh, he was spitting into some tight spaces against some pretty good defensive backs. I got to give him a lot of credit. Yeah, I pissed that, me off too. <laughs> that makes me feel a lot better going into the rest of the season because you know we're in that division with. I mean, we don't know what the Jets are going to look like yet, but, we, you know, they're going to look a lot better than we have Miami and Buffalo. And Miami pulled out a nail-biter. So that's that's going to be one of the best two divisions in football this year, I think. I'm just, it's I say, I'm just happy AFC I got Tyree Kill drafted. Yeah, I have him too. He gave, <laughs> he gave me 49 in my league. Oh, it was beautiful. That single-handedly put me over over the uh, on the other guy. But uh, yeah. I, I guess so we just start getting rolling. We got a lot of shit to talk about. Yeah, we do. Or not a lot, however you want to look at it. Yeah, I guess nothing that's going to make uh, nothing that's major. So uh, I guess one major thing, <laughs> head coach got fired. Maybe we should talk yeah. about him. Old Mel um, Tucker, Midnight Mel. I also saw a report that they've already reached out to Matt Campbell, allegedly. And really? Matt Campbell is going to interview as early as Monday, according to this tweet that I, I was reading. I don't know how realistic that is. I don't know if he's a good fit there. Um, I mean, it's a better fit than Ames, Iowa at this point, because I really feel he's worn out his welcome there by years at this point. But 
so you and I talk about this all the time. I, I bring it up all the time. There is a ceiling for a coach, ceiling for school, ceiling for them together, blah, 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 blah. Matt Campbell is my poster child for the guy who overstayed the over overstayed his time. Like there is a price for loyalty at the end of the day. Let's be honest. Yes. And and I'll be honest too. Like maybe Matt Campbell doesn't want the big job. Maybe he doesn't want to be at a place like Nebraska where football's everything. Michigan State in terms of everything is probably a lot closer to Ames, Iowa than Nebraska because their basketball team has a lot of history and is relatively good regularly, but football's still super big there way, way bigger than it is in Ames. So I'm not, I'm not saying that he's realistically a candidate there, but I think that's kind of the job that he, he wants is his next job is kind of in the shadows. It would make a lot more sense uh, with, with the men, with the Mel Tucker thing. If you're not familiar, or if you don't know what happened, essentially, uh, I think it was eight months ago, or at the beginning of uh, last, the, at the end of last year, excuse me, Mel Tucker started working with a sexual, uh, a rape survivor advocate um, who has gone to a lot of big schools throughout the country. I mean, she was the Oregon State um, victim, I believe. Brenda Thomas, I think her name was. Uh, so, anyway. Tracy, excuse me. Sorry about that. Um, but anyway, you know, uh, she spoke to Mel Tucker's team twice, I believe. They struck up a friendship. Uh, at the end of last year, Mel Tucker started getting a little weird, started jerking off when they were talking on the phone together. Um, I my, my main problem with this whole thing, this was reported at the end of last year, right? I think it was December-ish, December, maybe the start of the year. Uh, why, why was Mel Tucker allowed to... Uh, be around the team or to coach the team or to be involved in any way with the program. I think that's the biggest problem I have with it all is you're involved with the program after doing these things. Yeah. And here's the crazy thing. I, I, Dustin Schutte tweeted it out, uh, part of the, the press conference today. Like this investigation was allegedly completed in July. And he's around the team still on, still on getting paid. Mind you. Did, this is this is worse than Northwestern fits. Like Northwestern was like two to three weeks. Yeah, and, and one thing you, I mean, they're two completely different things. You know, one one's a hazing thing. That is what it is. That shit happens in any locker room you've ever been into. I just it shows such a questionable level of um of someone's where someone's mind is at that point, and and that's running a, a Division One football program. Oh, I mean, it's just. One bad thing after another, I feel like, in this situation. Yeah, without a doubt. And I don't want to get too deep into the weeds here. And I'm not like this. This might come off bad. But like this happened on a phone call. It sounds like Mel Tucker was able to finish the task he was trying to do. At least that's how I've gotten it from the tweets. Like from the tweets and the story. (laughs) Yeah, hang up. I don't know. Like that that's the weirdest part to me like and yes this is still a problem but like mel tucker should have never never done what he did but how do you not hang up like i I mean yeah it it is what it is i mean it's disgusting that he did it 100 i I think we can call mel tucker a piece of shit and then kind of move on with it from there i mean the facts will come out it is what it is um i think there's a, a floating around is he fired is he suspended either way uh i think it was uh one of, one of the michigan state uh people i cannot remember who the fuck it was but they said he'll never coach in the game on miss or um michigan state sideline again i'm fine with that um yeah no i mean and especially like when you read about like brenda tracy's report about michigan state like michigan state has a culture of like trying to turn away victims and silence them and you have the larry nazar Yep, I was going to bring up the Nazar like, situation. How, how, and Mel Tucker brought her in to talk to the team and like set a standard. And then he goes and does it like. How fucking tone deaf can you be? I'm, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm at a loss for words. I mean, like, I really am. I am too. I, I thought better of him for some reason. I don't know why. Maybe it's just because it's a division one coach and I thought maybe morality was there. I guess not. Um, I, I'm cool with moving on after this. I do have one question for you. With yeah. Deion Sanders, after what he did, going 2-0 so far, do you think he takes the Mel Tucker route and goes from Colorado 
to uh, Michigan State, or do you think he's on the radar at this point? I feel like it's a, a step up because you're still going to a Big Ten school with a mm-hmm. much better reputation than Colorado. Do you think that uh, they would make the same mistake twice? Um, I could see him doing it, honestly. Yeah, I could see him doing it. I think it's 100% on, based off of what Shadur does. Like, if Shadur declares, then I think he takes it. But if Shadur so wants he's to, a junior too. So I think yeah, if Shadur wants sure. to stick around, I don't, I don't see him making the move. I think he wants to be with Shadur until the end of his college career. Yeah, um, I think he's got uh, Shadur and Shiloh, and I think they're both juniors at Colorado right now. So if they both went pro, or if they both took a step to wherever at the next level, I, I could definitely see him moving. I honestly still think he's going somewhere south, but I think Michigan State would be an option if they offered him enough money. Honestly. Yeah, I I mean, I thought he was going to hold out until the Florida State job opened. but That's where I was at. I thought Norvell was going to end up fucking around, getting fired. And apparently Norvell is doing some really good things yeah. down at Florida State, being a top four team in the country. Yeah, that's going to be really hard to fire them for Dion, <laughs> right? Like... Yeah, yeah. You can't you can't make that move right now. If, if, if he bottomed out, sure, I get it, but not right now. Yeah, so uh, I think Dion does move on. I think, but like I said, I think a huge chunk of it is 100% dependent on Shadur. Um, I will say I saw some fans from Colorado tweeting out. Um, I can't remember who the guy who started it was. He he was an Olympian, NFL draft guy from uh, NFL draftee from Colorado. He wants to start a private fund and make the initial donation of a hundred thousand to try and secure a long-term contract for Dion. Uh, I mean, that that's cute. That's fine. You could secure him to whatever long-term contract you want to. I'm just telling you that in modern college football, that contract is only as good as the paper that you were writing it on, which is only good enough to wipe your ass with. Yeah. No. And, And none of them ever do, man. I mean, if the other school wants him bad enough, they're going to pay the buyout. Like, no, I doubt. mean, uh, of course, that's that's just the way it goes. I mean, I think he's a very intrig- intriguing candidate at this point after what he's done this offseason. And we're going to talk about the Colorado Nebraska game here in, in, in soon, but uh, we'll break that down at the end of the show here. I just think it's an interesting thing to think about with him possibly moving around. It, it does come down to his kids, though. And I think a lot of it comes down to how do they finish this year if they go bowling. He's the hottest. He might be one of the hottest candidates in the country if they get to six five hundred. Without a doubt, you take a team from one and eleven to to six and six, seven five eight four, whatever he does, like mm-hmm. that's insanely better. That's a five hundred percent turnaround, right? Like, oh, absolutely. And and they've looked. They've looked. I don't want to say they've looked completely crisp the first couple of weeks, but they've looked much better than I thought they would at this point. Well, and. I know we don't want to break it down too much, but I have a lot, a lot of credit to Shadur Sanders because he took a beating and things were not going well early. And he just kept getting up and kept coming. And, you know, all the credit to Colorado. Here, let's do this. Let's break this. Uh, we'll do the Oregon Texas Tech game. We'll do Alabama Tech or Alabama Texas. Then we'll hit Nebraska and Colorado to break it down. I know you've got a rant that you want to go on. So I'm going to let you <laughs> kind of do your thing for that. Um, did you get a wa- did a chance to watch a whole lot of the Oregon Texas Tech game? I don't think you did, if I remember right. No, no, I I didn't really get to watch anything after five forty five last gotcha. night. So I missed so, I missed all the games you want to talk about. That's okay. That's okay. I I had a fun time watching because they were both like roller coaster rides. So the Oregon Texas Tech game it was it was an offensive shootout, which. I didn't think it would be at first. Uh, I know what they've got on offense. I didn't think it would be. It ended up being 38-30. And Dan Lanning's defense, it didn't show up some of the night, but it showed up when it counted. uh, Pick six with 35 seconds left and another interception within the last 30 seconds as well. Uh, 45-yard touchdown from a, a linebacker, I think. But they also had four sacks and five tackles for a loss on the day. Uh, I think Tony Tuioti is still up there at Oregon. Yep. He he is, to me right now, he's kind of the one staffer that got away from Nebraska that I think has made the biggest impact, honestly, somewhere else. Um, that, that, I guess, I guess it depends how, very well. It depends how far you want to go back, I think, because 
there is a gentleman that was here under under Bo that is doing quite well in North Carolina. Um, oh, I Dave. can't remember his name. Of, or, or, no. uh, okay. I was going to say, Daly, I think, is somewhere else, I thought, but maybe not. Yeah, I don't know where Joe Daly is. He's never Trent on our Bray? staff, though. No. Because um, he's Oregon State. Let, give me one second. I'm Googling it right now. Okay, I was going to say, I'm trying to think who is down at North Carolina the, under Bo that, I, that I'm forgetting. I'm sure it's an easy name, but. Um, where but you go? got Google where? skills. The pressure's on, Drake. No pressure at all. Oh, hold on. Charlton Warren. Charlton Warren. It's a name that I don't recall, but he was not here long. And I, I, I could be wrong. It could, it could not be him. Yeah, Charlton Warren was here in 2014 under Bo. Okay, we were fifth nationally in pass efficiency. So at North Carolina. He is co-defensive coordinator and defensive backs coach, but he's also been a linebackers coach and everything. He he's done very well at North Carolina. Yeah, the, he's also I, an elite recruiter. And that's one of the few things I think Tuioti's still a damn good recruiter as well. I think he's more of a, a better developer with what we're seeing on the field than mm-hmm. the guys he's getting in. But he's gotten some damn talented guys in there, and they do get better under him. You've seen it at Nebraska. You're seeing it at Oregon. I don't think it's much longer before Tuioti might take another step up to maybe yeah. a group of five to that maybe defensive coordinator role. He he is he's done a tremendous job and and Lanning's defense up there is for being a Pac-12 defense they they honestly do kind of play like an SEC defense the way that they want to hit you and the speed they've got. Um, mm-hmm. Bo Nix tremendous night over 400 yards total. Um, Tyler Shuck was the uh, quarterback from Texas Tech who actually transferred from Oregon. 383 yards, four touchdowns, but he had three turnovers. We've seen this weekend how much turnovers can kill a team. Uh, you know, the Texas Tech, they're 0-2 right now. But the next four games, you tell me, Drake, how many of these games they can win, okay? Arlton State, West Virginia, Houston, and Baylor. If I give you those four teams, how many? What's the record that you give them at the end of those four games? Um, I lean four and zero, oh, but could easily be three and one, two and two. Like, obviously, they win that first one. I think they get West Virginia. Houston's kind of a toss up to me, and Baylor looks bad, but that could be a toss up too. And that's where I'm kind of at with it too. Tarleton State, yes. West Virginia, yes. I've got a I've got a yes on on Baylor for sure, just because I think that Baylor program is going through a lot of transition this year. They seem to be missing something, um, and it wasn't the pass interference in the end zone yesterday, uh, but they do seem to be missing something. And then Houston, I, I I think Holgerson has a good team down there, but I think they're too up and down. Um, mm-hmm. I honestly do think they could be four and two playing uh the Kansas State Wildcats who who would be the team that they'd play after Baylor. So I think they got a good chance to be four and two at that point. Yeah. Um Oregon, the you know, they've got Hawaii coming up next. But then they've got the number twenty two Colorado Buffaloes who we'll talk about a little bit later on. I feel like there's just a little bit more stakes of this. I don't know if you heard the comments Dan Lanning had in the offseason when they were talking about uh Colorado transitioning out of the Pac twelve to the Big Twelve. Pretty much said what have they done? So I think that adds a little bit of fuel to the fire on the on on that game. Well, that you know, Dion can make any comment personal at this point. I, I mean, I got to give him a ton of credit because him and apparently Kirby Smart should really devise a cult because they know how to brainwash folks. They know how to trick people into thinking whatever the hell that they want them to. It's impressive. Yeah, their ability to make themselves feel like the underdog or that. There are personal comments being made uh, about them is is quite impressive. Uh, I'm not I'm not gonna go. Let's break down the next game. We'll break down the next game. Um, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna start my rant early. I I know you want to go into this rant. I'm gonna give you like ten minutes to do whatever the hell you no, want. No, no, no. It's not that. I'm tr- <laughs> I'm trying to avoid it because I know we have other things to get to. But like. Where that was quickly headed into a rant. I, I I know. I'm really glad you caught yourself. You're you're doing a lot better these days. I'm I'm proud of you, Drake. Let's talk about the yeah. next one. Texas Alabama. Um, huge game last night. Uh, future SEC matchup. Number eleven Texas. Number three Alabama. 
you know, a lot of people have said this is the year Texas is back because of what they've got coming back on both sides of the ball, offense and defense. I'm not going to say Texas is back, but I will say that I do think they could be a playoff team this year based on their offensive and defensive lines because they pushed Alabama around last night. It was it was weird to see Alabama getting moved off the ball. And, and Texas didn't have to power run the ball. They were able to just kind of drop dimes over wide receiver shoulders like Willie Mays in the end zone. He did it twice. And uh, Quinn Ewers was pretty impressive. Kind of Quinn, Ewers, Quinn Ewers is fucking good, man. I mean, there's just no way around it. Does does he declare I for doubted the draft him this a year? Lot. I, I think he does. Um, I'll be, I'll be honest. I was really, now remember out. he's still very young. He's he very is incredibly young. young. This, this would be his second. Or this, so he started last year, but yeah, his first full year, if he makes it of starting. Well, and it's his third year of college, but he mm-hmm. reclassified and didn't play high school as senior year of football. That's true. It's so he could go up to Ohio state because of the NIL rules in Texas at the time, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, he went 24 for 38 for three forty nine and three tutties. No turnovers, but here's a crazy stat. He was over 12 on passes over 20 yards going into the game, and I think he hit everyone he threw, or damn near everyone he threw last night for a touchdown. It was, it was, it was, it was impressive. AD Mitchell. I'm glad they're not on our schedule this year. Oh my, it, it, they're going to do some things to some teams. AD Mitchell, Jatavian Sanders, Xavier Worthy. That wide receiver core is disgusting. The one thing that does concern me is, are they going to be able to run the ball? Because they've got the offensive line for it. But when you lose Bijan Robinson and Roshan Johnson, both to the NFL, I think Roshan top 10 pick, and then I think uh, uh, Johnson was a top three round pick. When you lose that much talent out of your backfield, it, it, it's hard to bounce back. Uh, but I think Texas wants to throw the ball this year anyway. I think they know what they yeah, got at quarterback. I mean, you got Xavier Worthy. Oh my God, Xavier Worthy is all world, all worldly again. He, he's yeah. in, he's like this tall. He's like three foot tall, but the dude makes any play on the field, and he's got like a fifty five inch vertical. It's yeah, he's a supreme he's athlete, insanely good. Uh, you remember how you, how we were talking about this game yesterday, and I said that walking out of this game, there's one way that something good could happen, where it's we've got a con- quarterback controversy. I think we got that at Alabama. Um, Jalen Milrow, while being a tremendous athlete, and Nebraska fans could could make some comparisons here, while he's a tremendous athlete and he can throw the ball a quarter of a mile, he looks lost out there, and he looked to pull the ball down and run way too frequently, turn the ball over, and it just it just it's there seems to be something missing from the brain to where the hand is throwing the ball. There just seems to be a disconnection. And it, it just maybe yeah. dies. I, I'm not sure that the offense coordinator helped him out a ton though yesterday. Yeah, I mean, coordinators can make your job a lot harder, a lot easier. Like I've said that eight years for Nebraska. I, I still say that at Nebraska. Um I will say if I trust any staff to figure it out and get a fix, I it's Bama. But at the same time, I have told you several times this offseason that I think we're starting to see the decline of Alabama. Um, all those guys that he was getting, they're now going to Georgia. So is, is it is this is the year that Saban steps down and moves on? I, I don't have an answer for you there. You really think this is the year that Alabama starts going downhill? I do. I mean, I thought they started it last year. Uh, I think oh. this is the year that it's evident to everybody. Gotcha. So, I, I, I mean, I could understand that based on – Based on the, they've completely changed their style of play from when they had Bryce Young last year to what they've got this year. And obviously, they don't have a quarterback that's nearly as talented on roster, nor the receiving core. So I think you're seeing some big misses, or maybe not. They're not as talented at certain positions as they were the last few years. You're seeing it at the running back position. You're seeing it at the receiver position. I think you're even seeing it on the offensive and defensive lines. I think you've still got dudes there. I think Alabama's still a ten plus one team. I don't know if they're a playoff team this season. I don't think they've got it figured out at the quarterback position. I don't know if they will this season. Yeah, no, I. I nine, Simpson ten, would be my throw, guy. At throw this it point. up in the air, right? I, I, I picked them for nine at the beginning of the year. I thought they were a nine-win team. 
nine, 10, throw it up. Um, but they just, there's a difference between being a 10 win team and looking really good and then just getting beat on somebody else's best day mm-hmm. and being a 10 win team that struggled to get all 10. And yeah. I think they're a lot closer to the latter than they are the former. Do you think that so where I'm at is I think this this offense or this Alabama team is especially going to be defensive led. I feel like it's the same thing with Nebraska, and we'll get into that soon. But I feel like it, it's such a strong defensive team that what they want to do is they want they obviously they want to get you into long down situations so they can tee off on you. But I think they're completely content playing the game of we're just going to play the battle of attrition. We're going to run the ball. We're going to stop your run. We're going to make you throw the ball. We're going to suffocate you. I think that's what they want to do this year. I don't know if they're talented on both sides of the ball to do what they want to do, though. I don't think they're talented enough on defense to do that this year. I just don't. I I think historically Alabama has had between five to eight guys on on the defensive side of the ball, if not all 11, who were top five players at their position. And I don't think they have that this year. I think they might have two guys at that level that are top five in their position group across all of college football. I don't know if they're good enough in the, in the sec. And you saw it last night against Texas who Texas might be back. We don't know, but they're still not built all the way for sec football. And the way you're describing that they got manhandled across the line leads me to believe that they're just, they're not going to be good enough to do that either in the sec. They're, they're going to struggle with, you know, your, your old miss rebels, they're going to struggle. They don't, they're not as good in the secondary. So they'll struggle with the teams that like to throw. I haven't seen Mississippi state play yet. I don't know if they're still running the air raid from, from the pirate, but I, I just, Alabama's in a transition here. They've just spent like the last six, seven years building a spread attack. And now they don't have the pieces to, to execute it. And so they have to flip it on the fly. And I don't think they have the pieces to flip it. Yeah, that, that that's a, that's a really good way to put it. They they have been a spread team since I think Jalen Hurts stepped in, or it was actually even before mm-hmm. that. I, I feel like, but either way, yeah, you're still running off of seven, eight years of running a spread. Now you're trying to go to a power formation with a lot more quarterback run, and I just I don't think you number one, you don't have the receivers that can stretch the field vertically or that are sure-handed enough to make the plays. And I don't think Jalen Monroe is, is is accurate enough to hit those downfield plays. And that's part of the problem. That's why I think a guy like Ty Simpson, who is a little bit more of a prototypical passer, while while you take away the quarterback run game, you do get that midfield pass or the the mid tier passing game and the downfield passing game. So it's mm-hmm. kind of how, how do you want to live and die? Uh, you know, maybe they are more built to have to have the quarterback run this year as opposed to a guy who's just distributing. The yeah, the quarterback. The quarterback run could be 100% out of necessity for them. We've seen it in Nebraska for years, right, where our best version of the running game is with the quarterback. So, like, if that's the way that you have to play, I mm-hmm. get it. But It's if tough. You feel it's like hard. You, if you feel like you can run the ball with your running backs and you're just missing an accurate passer, I think you got to make a change. I would agree with you there as well. I, I feel like if that's the one thing that you're missing out on it is a guy to distribute the ball, you've got the guys on the roster. I, I feel like. Uh, you maybe you're away with with one of the guys I can't remember the name of him. Is a true freshman down there who everyone was really high on. I just it, it's it's really going to come down to Mil- Milrow this year um, on on how far Alabama goes uh, or how how much are they going to have to dial the game plan back? How much are they going to be able to let him just go out there and play without worrying about him turning the ball over? He did it a couple times yesterday. It's a big game. Um, some guys just aren't good under the lights which is why I'm going to make the transition, Drake, for you to talk about Colorado. Colorado versus Nebraska. And I kind of wanted to surprise you by going into this because I didn't know if you had your rant ready or not. I did read what you put on Twitter earlier today or X, whatever the whatever we're going to call it. But I did read your rant there today, and, and I agreed with a lot of it. But um, I guess should I just let you kind of do your thing here? Well, no, let's break down the game a little bit. I don't need to just dive into a rant. I mean, I, I did put it out there on Twitter for everybody to read. I just said um, you wanted to, so that's why I asked. I'll, I'll add some nuance to it. I mean, I, you know, print does not always let it all come across, but let, let's break down the game. How did you feel about the game? Um, You know, here's how I felt about the game. The first half, I felt like Nebraska had a um, – I felt like if you gave that defense 14 points to play with Nebraska could have won that game. 
now I, I realize what the score ended up being. The reason I say that is I feel like that defense <coughs> could afford to be more aggressive at that point, to take some more risks, to do some more things, because your offense did put up 14 points. Um, ended up being Colorado scored 13 in the first half and then 23 in the second half. I I can't put all that on the defense, especially even though they gave up the points. I understand that. But when you're operating on a short field and as short of a field as they were operating on from time to time, it's going to happen. You can only bend and not break so many times. Um, so offensively, I, I, I don't, I told you, I didn't want to talk about it. <laughs> what, what if I told you that before, before we started turning the ball over on our side of the field, mm-hmm. Colorado's average starting field position was at their own 49 yard line. That is really hard to beat a team when they are almost starting at the 50. Does that make you feel even better about that defensive performance in the first half? Honestly, it does, because when you're operating with 51 yards ahead of you the entire time, and that's all you've got to defend, that that's a hard 51 yards to defend, especially when you've got an offense as explosive. Um, and, and let's be honest, crisp as it, it, they ran week one. Um, Colorado was, was crisp in week one, not so much in week two, but yeah, that makes me that that actually does put a little bit more of a good spin on it for me, I guess. Now, now I'm going to flip this again. Please don't. Coming out of the half, did they score on the first drive out of the half, or did we we got to stop on fourth down? We we stopped them on fourth fourth down. Yes, I believe so. I'm I'm pulling everything up from ESPN right now. But then continue. we get the 56 yard touchdown run from from Jeff Sims, which is great that that's good jeff sims yep that's we got one play of good jeff sims and then you get the blown coverage from tommy hill on third and long like third and very long yeah because that was to hunter right on the sideline yes and they are going we went zero coverage and tommy hill looked like he was playing a zone and expected over the top help Mm mm-hmm I still feel okay. Like that's your first blown coverage of the game. I felt like other other than the thirty yard touchdown pass at, yeah. on one of their last three possessions. Yeah, because um, that was the arc, basically like an arc route across the field where they just dropped a dime right at the pylon. Correct. Yeah, right in between three guys. Yep. Like, okay. Yep. Two guys. What are you going to do with that? Them. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's just it is what it that, is. So that, they're going to make plays. That was a blown coverage, but it wasn't as egregious as this one where the guy yeah, just flat out missed the assignment. Yeah. Um, I still feel okay with the defense up to this point. Now, the rest of the way, you have Ty Robinson in, and Ty Robinson is great in run support. Mm-hmm. Cam Lenhard was definitely better off the edge yesterday in creating pressure. Just oh, absolutely, yes. Two two sacks yesterday and and constant and multiple um, pressures on the quarterback. Yeah, that's that's tremendous for a true freshman. Yeah, I feel a lot better. I feel a lot better against spread teams with Lenhard in there than I do Ty Robinson. That's not absolutely. to say Ty Robinson isn't a great player. Um, we've I think talked he's got about his this. Big Ten play, though. I think that's where Ty Robinson's a hell of a player. Ty Robinson is true, and I know he was recruited as a DN, but Ty Robinson truthfully is a nose guard, defensive tackle. Yep, um, I'd say he'd be not, a great three technique. He's just not great enough side to side. He doesn't. He's not going to blow a tackle off the line with speed. Um, I was a little surprised when we were playing from behind that he, he got so much run, even though I knew rules said he was going to play every snap. Cam Lenhardt was lights out. I think you got to leave Cam Lenhardt in there, especially after that first series where they kind of moved that second series where they really moved the ball. Um, overall, I, I still give the defense an A. I do. Um, at a certain point, when things start to go wrong in every facet of the game, and yesterday they did, obviously the defense is going to kind of they're going to let up because it starts to spiral at a certain point. We've seen that happen. I mean, well, yeah. In, I mean, you see it in every sport. Like when things start to go wrong, guys try and become heroes. And I think that's kind of what happened with Tommy Hill. I think he thought Travis Hunter was going to do just run a sticks route and he was trying to jump it. I re- I, I don't think he was blind and didn't see that there was no safety help. I think he was trying to make a play. I think um, so too. And, I mean, it would make he, sense considering he's an aggressive player. Yeah, he just did it at the wrong time. Like at that point, you just got to stay solid because that's a one score game. That is 13 7. 
Um, yeah. I could probably tell you when the uh, when the defense uh, probably the the straw broke, and it was probably at the end of the I guess start of the fourth quarter uh, when they had the fumble, I believe, at the uh, fifteen, and yeah. then from there, pretty much Colorado. And that, at that point, it was still seven twenty three. Colorado at that point up put up you know two more touchdowns, and that, that I think that was the straw that broke it. Uh, you you can't do that. It's it's common sense, no. but you you can't do That's, it. But- Especially when you know your offense isn't built to score fast like that. You just know they're not. Apparently, our offense, offense isn't built to score at all. I was going to say, especially, like, yes, we know our offense is not built to score fast, so we got to stay within one score of the fourth quarter. But our offense doesn't score at all. We're averaging 12 points a game in two games. And I get it. Not every program starts with two power five road games. Not every program walks into – the boulder very few programs have ever walked into boulder looking like that in the last 20 years like um but man like what happened to brian buscini yesterday like uh it was it was probably his worst day punting at nebraska yeah even worse than when he hurt his ankle like mm-hmm. i, I think buscini we can... had a rough day tristan alvano missed an easy field goal like and I know that's only his second attempt on the year. Like, I'm not trying to call out the freshman, but like, special teams let us down. Offense was. I, although I, I did think he was going to sink that long kick. I, it was just, just if he had about another, if he pulled it a little bit closer inside. I think he would have had that long uh, field goal. Yes, but, no, 100. percent He definitely would have. Um, but but you know I'll take else. these mistakes this year. Unfortunately, I, this year is going to fucking suck being a Nebraska fan. It just is. Um, I'm fine. It, take that i'm not fine with it i'll deal with it this year to have a better team next year i i that's how i have to play at this point and i don't feel good saying that here's the thing about that kick though you don't fuck up that snap that ball's two uh, a yard and a half farther left anyways and he kicked it straight that's and that's right through your goalpost so that you're good at that point yeah Um, so um let me give my shout out to colorado real quick and then and then we can go into my rant and break that down a little bit. Yeah, so I got a couple more things before we do that, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Very impressed with Shador Sanders. I think he's a very good quarterback. Like I said earlier, got sacked eight times, got hit a lot, and just kept getting up. There was a couple of times where him both both him and Shiloh did not look like they were happy with the game. I don't think Shiloh was in, enjoying coming up and run support, mm-hmm. and Shador was not happy with what was going on on offense. Uh, Want to give a major shout out. To Dion, obviously, what he's done is pretty amazing. Um, we kind of talked up about this. Dion has taken a page out of the Michael Jordan handbook of motivation where you find anything to make something personal and you use it. And he's done a great job with that. Like, I don't I don't have a problem with Colorado people, players, fans, coaches talking about how they felt disrespected because we made a comment. It was an innocuous comment by Matt Rule saying, some people have their way of doing things. I have mine. End of story. Like he was trying to handle it the right way. And Dion got a hold of it. Dion's going to do the same thing with Danny Lanning. Um, I think fans are blowing it out of the water a little bit, but I don't have a problem with it because I wish we would start doing shit like that. I do. Whatever you like, got to do to get a chip on your shoulder. Who cares? Football is a violent game and you have to make it personal. It's a lot like fighters, right? Like yeah. there's, a I mean, every time I tried to put, I mean, every time I stepped on a football field, I was trying to fucking smoke somebody. I'm not trying to just tackle you. I'm trying to fucking smoke you. That's how it works. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason why professional fighters run their mouths for months leading up to the fight. So they have some hatred going into that fight because it's a violent sport. It is a contact sport. Um, so I don't have a problem with the things that Colorado is saying and doing. Like, we have to eat crow. Like, we had plenty of fans run their mouths all offseason about how there was no way Colorado was going to beat us. Mm-hmm. And I think that's they, part of the problem. They part came out and people, boat raced us. People are pissed off now because they've their 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 rope their mouth wrote checks that their ass can't cash because they've got a bad football team. And that's part of the reason that people are so up in fucking arms about this team. We knew mm-hmm. that this team was going to be, this was going to be a rough year, but I think everybody is bitching and everyone's at each other's fucking throats for reasons because everybody's talking shit all off season. You're talking shit to Colorado. You're talking shit to all these big 10 teams. What do you think is going to happen? You are still a rebuilding program who has not had a winning record in years, but you want to talk shit. 
that's how it happens. You're going to pay the piper eventually. Yeah. It is I what mean, it is. I see it every yeah. fucking day on there. Yeah. If you don't want to, if you don't want to have to eat crow, don't talk shit. Simple. 100%. Um, before I let you get into your rant, here's a couple things I got. So they had five, uh, five turnovers. Nebraska did three fumbles, one interception in the first half, and then one fumble in the second half. Um, well, 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 but one of those fumbles was recovered. So we had four turnovers. Yeah, but it's still, they fumbled it. The, my, my point there yeah. is that they're having a ton of trouble even handling the ball in general. Um, mm-hmm. it, it just, that's, that's inexcusable. Um, if I see another motion play where they try to snap the fucking ball with a tight end going in motion, that's not a pulling guy or a pulling guard or a pulling tight end or pulling tackle. And they've just got them in motion. This offense is not, uh, does not click well enough to do that. So please stop that. We've seen it fuck up last week. It happened again this week. Offense, 127th in the country out of 133 in points per game. Defense, 77th out of 133. And then Nebraska leads the uh, country in sacks along with Tennessee. And just one more thing. Every team in the five, t- top five for sacks in the country is undefeated except for Nebraska, which is 0-2. I'm done with my shit. You go into your spiel now. <laughs> okay. So at what point does our unwavering blind support become a detriment to this program? Because I'm going to point something out. At what Miami point? upsets Texas. Yeah, at what point? Because Miami upset Texas A&M. Colorado is 16th in the country. You got Florida State. You got Texas. Um, Florida State, Colorado. Like You have all these programs that have been down in the past. And guess USC, UCLA. Their fans stopped showing up. UCLA was pretty damn good last year, and they couldn't fill their stadium, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yep. And we we tout how great of fans we are, how we f- still fill the stadium after years of mediocre football, and now years of sub below mediocre football, right? Like, we're we're being taken advantage of by the athletic department, the football program, however you want to look at it, with our blind, unwavering support. At a certain point, we have to say enough is enough. And, and I'm not saying don't support the team because I'm still going to wa- watch the games. I'm still going to root for the team. But I'm not paying good money to go set, sit inside Memorial Stadium and be uncomfortable as fuck while we're putting the ball on the turf seven times a game. Like, it, it's ridiculous. And I'm sorry. Yesterday, Jeff Sims fumbled away multiple chances for points. At Minnesota, he he threw away a chance for points in the red zone. Like we now have, I want to say eight red zone trips could be less. And we've scored twice. It's unacceptable, unacceptable at at the university of Nebraska, but it's unacceptable, unacceptable anywhere. And my biggest problem with the staff yesterday is that you're in this game. You're in this game at halftime and your quarterback is not handling snaps. You have and it's to visually rattled at this point. Yes, you have to make a change. It doesn't have to be permanent. It can be a series. It can be a quarter. It can be a half. I don't care, but you have to make a change because you know who didn't see the field at all yesterday? Anthony Green after one fumble in traffic. We had three fumbles in the first half on snaps. One was snaps. recovered. Snaps. snaps and not even bad snaps. Snaps that Adrian Martinez would have died for not going over his head. They are hitting him in the hands. And I know one of them hit the tight end, but this is something that came up yesterday in every post-game show I listened to. I listened to a couple on TV and both the radio ones, the one out of 590, the one at 16. I couldn't even listen to it. I, I, I couldn't even stomach it at this point. No, but here here's the like startling thing that came up to me. There has been mentions. It, there had to have been multiple mentions that all of these guys heard it. I haven't heard it in a press conference. But the players are having trouble getting the play from the quarterback in the huddle because he's not being assertive enough, and they're not hearing him on the field. Like, well, then that's he's a, having. That's, to, you don't have a leader at quarterback. <laughs> he's having to repeat the play multiple times in the huddle potentially, and then they're not hearing the snap count on the field, which is why you're having that problem with that motion, right? Like, that's all timing, and that's all based off of what guys hear and when they hear it. So, mm. I, I know that what's behind him could be the worst thing in the world. But is it seven turnovers in four and seven quarters bad? Because I mean, 
even if, if you put Heinrich Harburg in and all you do is quarterback run and handoffs, at least you're getting to punt and you're not giving the opponent three possessions inside your 40 yard line in the last three minutes and 38 seconds. Yeah. Like there has to be a change made. And some of this is on Satterfield. I thought Minnesota was on Satterfield. He refused to use the middle of the field with receivers. We did that yesterday. We moved the ball very well in the first half. And then we shot ourselves in the foot over and over again. And at a certain point, it's on everybody. It's not just on the coaching staff. It's not just on on the players. Like it's it's everybody. But if your quarterback is not doing the simplest things in the game, like fielding a snap, you have to sit him down. Like you just have to. When Gus Johnson is flabbergasted on the broadcast, overtly saying you have to make the change, mm-hmm. you have to. And you I Gus Matt and Rule Joel handled. both saying it. Yeah, and I thought Matt Rule did a great job in the press conference. They said last question. He said, I have to answer everything. After a game like that, you guys deserve it. I love that. That was a great thing for Matt Rule. What I didn't like for Matt Rule in that press conference is, you know, there was that moment at the end of the first half where Harbor ran on the field and they pulled him off and somebody brought that up and he goes, there was never a talk of pulling Jeff Sims. How can there not be a conversation? How can there not be a conversation about it? And if you don't want to just put that out, for everybody here, fine. I can live with that. But you better have been having a conversation about sitting him down before he did any more damage in that half. Yeah, it was um it, it Nebraska has played flawed football. I feel like in every way possible in these first two games. Now the first first game wasn't on defense or wasn't on special teams. But the second game, I mean the first game was still on the offense. And the second game was even more on the offense. Now, you didn't get any help from your special teams, but it wasn't on your defense. It's just it, they're not playing uh, complimentary football at all in any form or fashion. They're not playing even fundamental football. That's the it, you're just seeing fundamental things fucked up on a on a, on a drive by drive basis. And when when you have a guy like Matt Rule come in and, and now, granted, this is not an indictment on him. I, I have 100 percent faith in Matt Rule still. My my faith in Jeff Sims is is completely shattered at this point there needs to be a quarterback con- competition because i don't trust the guy with the ball i said it myself he needs to be pulled here there's got to be a competition like, everybody everybody who listens to our show knows i defended adrian martinez to no end right we both did we both did but here's the difference here here's the difference in my eyes adrian martinez still got points on the board and his last year he kept us in games now you can argue he had critical inexcusable turnovers at the most inopportune times but not like this like mm-hmm. i don't re- i don't remember ever seeing like anything like this and th- when i played peewee football in junior high and high school like i would have been pulled for this like it's it wasn't so much the interception. I can live with an interception I, because yes, I, I, an interception happens. I, I've seen some of the greatest quarterbacks of all time throw interceptions. It does happen. But the thing I cannot live with is I cannot live with a guy that can't hand the ball off to a running back without fumbling it or run a, an RPO or a zone read and not take care of the football. I can't, I can't do that. And Matt Rule said it himself. If you cannot take care of the ball, you cannot play for this program. Well, then this is the first big thing for Matt Rule to really, if you're going to be on that podium, stand up on that podium and man up to it. You need to open that quarterback controversy or competition up because you 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 have a guy that is struggling to see the field right now. You got to at least see what you've got in Harburg and Purdy during practice, at least split up reps because your next two games are Northern Illinois and Louisiana Tech. And I'm going to tell you with the way this offense plays, they're not gimme games. And I know Harburg didn't look great yesterday, but he did. He gave Thomas Fedoni a shot at a tough catch, which he made. Thomas Fedoni had three targets yesterday, two from Harburg, one for Sims. Now, I will give Sims credit. He threw a couple of dimes that should have been caught. One by Bullock. Absolutely. Uh, Fedoni should have caught that first one, even though it was really tough. Um, but Ramirez should have caught the one from Harburg, too. Like, Harburg's numbers should have been a little bit better. Harburg might have thrown the it Sabres a little didn't hard. help out yesterday. No, no, not at all. Uh, Marcus Washington was on a milk carton. Yep. But and after we talked about him and having a great week last week, I mean that's the problem. And we also didn't see. I don't. I don't recall ever seeing any of the freshman receivers on the field either. 
Malachi you... was on the field. They, uh, okay. Herberg actually missed Malachi a couple of times for for a deep touchdown where he was open. Um, but at that time, at that point, it looked like the offensive line had given up because Harburg Harburg had less time than Sims was getting for most of the day. Um, I, I will say this: we need to give somebody else some run at quarterback. That's not to say that I don't think Jeff Sims is probably the best quarterback in that room right now. He he has the most experience, but he's making inexperienced mistakes. And he's making mistakes that I expect Harburg and Purdy to make right now coming off the bench. He's making those as a starter. You know what? If Purdy was making those mistakes, though, I'd be pissed too, because he's had plenty of run at Florida State and last year at Nebraska. Like he got he's had enough in-game reps. He's ha- he he has, but I I could understand it's still coming from him as opposed to a guy like Sims who started thirty plus games at this point. Yes, yeah. Um, so that that's where I'm at is I'm frustrated with his decision making skills, and apparently he I don't I just don't know what's going on if he's not seeing the field or what. But I think he has the yips. Like yesterday, it, I mean, I I don't know if it's too big for him. I don't know if they thought they were going to get something else out of him. Uh, clearly, Satterfield has to condense the playbook. Find mm-hmm. everything Absolutely. that works. Just condense the playbook. Make it simpler. Give him less to focus on. They had to do it with Rattler at the end of the year. That's all fine. I can live with that. Like the scheme might be too much for him, and maybe that's why he's swimming. That's one thing but I've heard about Satterfield's scheme is it's 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 uh, very big. Yeah, it's been well it. documented that last year that they had to throw out a ton of the playbook at the end of the year, and then that's when they went on. That's when they started playing really well. Yeah. So. I'll concede there. Let let's let's do that right now. Matt Rule needs to be talking about Satter, about that with Satterfield. But and I'm I'm even fine if Sims trots out there and starts next week. But the first fumble snap, the first turnover to Northern Illinois, he needs to sit for a minimum of one series, and you have to bring in Harburg, who's your number two, and see what Harburg can do while things are not out of hand. I think Harburg probably plays better yesterday because everybody around him plays better when the game is not out of hand. Um, I mean, yeah, if Sim starts and anything negative happens, for me it would be at least a, a minimum of a quarter. Just let him sit on the sideline, let him take the game, and let it, let everything come to him. And and then maybe, maybe later on you can recover something. But at this point, God, <laughs> I don't know if there's it, – How much worse be, can the other guys be, like – that's, That's where you, I'm at. you sent me a text about that. Hey, is it is it time to pull Jeff Sims? And at that point, I said no. I think that was the first turnover. I think it was by turnover two. I said, yeah, you got to you got to get rid of him at this point, or you got to at least it was pull him. Turnover three was it three? Okay, so I knew yeah, it was, it was <laughs> I knew it was multiple him at that point. But then I, I, t- I text you at two. Okay, so then three. I said, yeah, I, I agree. You got to pull him at this point. But <laughs> yeah, it was frustrating yeah. to watch. It's just not good football. Like, I think Jeff Sims is a much better quarterback than what he's shown. Like, I can't reiterate that enough. But there's something upstairs that's not clicking, and I'm sure part of it is Satterfield's scheme. I'm not going to run away from that. But I also think Jeff Collins and his staff, the last two years for Sims, ran a scheme to protect him. Mm -hmm. And we're obviously not doing that. No, I'm wondering if it's if the moment's too big for Sims. Um, You know, you've had two nationally televised games. Yeah, Georgia Tech football is not the same in Nebraska. It's, it's Absolutely not. not. There, there's, you know, you may get on ACC network as opposed to being the opening game on Fox. I mean, two hugely different things. Um, I, I'm starting to wonder if the moment is too big for Sims. And, you know, I was high on Sims based on what he uh, – his, his traits, a strong arm, can run the ball. But the problem is, yeah, every every he, he's got a turnover problem. And he had it at George second. And I was hopeful the staff could change him. And maybe they still could, but right now it just doesn't look like it, unfortunately. It's 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 rough to watch. And that fumble on the handoff, are are we in agreement that he didn't get it to the pocket and it's not on Gabe Irvin? Because why didn't Gabe Irvin get another touch? Yeah, I I I'll put that one on Sims. Um, that, that's where it, I'm it's, at with it. It, it, it. I think it was Joel Klatt that mentioned it. If you're a quarterback, it is your job to get that ball into the running back stomach. If you do not, it's on you as the quarterback. Yeah. Now, I don't want that to sound like we're piling on Sims, but when a quarterback that played multiple years at the university that just beat you says it and is, you know, a guy, Joel Klatt that's been around college football for years, when he's saying it, I'm going to put some stock into what he's saying. Yeah. And it's not like Joel Klatt loves to pile on Nebraska. He's been talking Nebraska up for He's the last few up, years. Absolutely. Under Frost and Rule. 
I I would go out on a limb and say that Joel Klatt might be the least biased college football talking head on on air. Like I yeah. I respect his opinion on so many things. Yeah, he's he's I I've I've had my differences with Klatt, but I do respect what Klatt does. He's he's good at his his gig. So here here's the last part of my rant that I want to go into. Um as fans, we've talked about that. This there are so many different factions of fans within the Twitter sphere, Facebook, whatever it is. And at this point, for the last eight years, people being critical of players, being critical of coaches, it's been a war. And at a certain point, we have to recognize that we can't shit on somebody else for their opinion. We can't dunk on them for, for not being a good fan and not supporting the program when that's exactly what they're doing. They want to see a better product. We have not seen a quality product on the football field for a very long time, and it is okay to feel this way. I know it's year one under Rule, and Rule has only won one game in year one at both of his stops, but he walked into a far better situation here than he ever has, and that's undeniable. He said it 100 times that they're farther along than he thought, but there's still work to do. I can respect all of that. But the mistakes that we're making are inexcusable mistakes. It's not That's like we're getting beat, beat. We are giving games away. Like I, I thought Colorado was going to beat us no matter what yesterday. I really did um, after that first game in Minnesota. I did not expect them to beat us the way that they did because we literally gave them the ball inside our 43 times in 38 seconds under in the second half or second quarter. Like that part of the game is inexcusable. Like, mm-hmm. and so fan, like we need to stop the infighting with each other because somebody has an opinion or somebody feels some sort of way. Like, fuck off. I don't care. Like, if I'm gonna be critical, if I if I feel the right to be critical, I'm gonna be critical. Like, I played college sports, we played competitive sports growing up. Like, there are standards that you have to maintain to keep your job on the field. There are extra standards at the University of Nebraska, and we as fans have decided that they don't matter anymore, or at least some of us have. It's getting ridiculous. And then you spend all offseason talking shit specifically to these Colorado fans, and when they come to cash the checks, we're blocking them? Like, you don't get to just talk shit all summer, and then, like, when you get your asses handed to you, be like, oh, I don't have to hear you anymore. No, you should have to hear that shit. Yeah, I I'm a person that uh, I'm more concentrated on what my team's doing rather than what another team's doing, and 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 I, I don't. Why am I going to talk shit about something I have no control over? It just it makes no sense. And then you know, uh, people, I I don't get the whole uh, bookmarking or screenshotting or anything just to come back and later say I was right. I I don't give a fuck if you were right or if you were wrong. It is what it is at this point, but. Yeah, I, yeah I, we're I've all seen, guessing on the future, right? Yeah. We're all guessing on the future, but like, I think I think if you were going to talk shit with a vitriol, you oh, should have talk to shit, get out of absolutely. You don't. You, should you shouldn't get the it. get out of jail free card. No, that's not how it works. If you're going to talk shit, you should have to pay the piper at the end of the day. At the end of the day, why are we still talking shit? Do we not learn it over, under the five years of frost? Like, no, no, we have not. I need to nope, see results before I'm going to start believing the staff, this program. Like I still have faith in rule. I, I think he needs a new offensive coordinator. I really do. Um, Satterfield was getting ran out of South Carolina. I, you know, rule wasn't my first choice. You know that, but I was very adamant that I didn't love Satterfield. I wanted somebody else. We were really hoping for Jake Peets. I think Satterfield was like a, you know, a fallback. I wish we would have got Jake Peets. I think we're in a lot better situation. The people going back saying, you know, if we have Casey, we're 2 I don't know if I believe that either. Casey had his faults. Casey didn't fit the system. And we didn't know what Casey was going to look like after the shoulder surgery. So I'm not I'm not talking about that. Sims is our guy. Sims is probably our best quarterback. But at a certain point, you have to be punished for not doing your job. Gabe Irvin I mean, yeah. got punished for the fumble. Anthony Grant got punished for a fumble. Sims has, in, in my eyes, I know the stats only say six. I have him for seven turnovers. It's time it's time that he either plays at the level that he needs to play or he has to come out. 
And that is a great way to end this podcast tonight. I love it, Drake. That was a great rant, by the way. I, I agree with a lot of what you're saying. And like I said, what you what you put on online, uh, I definitely think people should take a look at. Um, if you're not following him on Twitter, Drake before Degrassi. And you can read the thread. It's a it's a pretty good one, so I'd highly recommend it. But um, There's a few Drake, typos, and I don't pay for Twitter to go back and edit. So. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. Do we got anything else tonight, my friend? I, th- I think we covered everything in this long hour. The short out. Who you got winning the game tonight? I haven't checked the score yet. Have you? Uh, I have not because I hate both teams. Uh, I will never pick Dallas to ever win a game. I'm going the Giants, the G-Men, Danny Dimes. Win is Wandale back? I don't know if he is or not. I know he, I thought he uh, was in ACL last year. I can't remember mm-hmm. what he did. And it was um, late, so I don't think he's back. Yeah, I don't. I don't think so. But he, I know when he was healthy for him, he was pretty dynamic. He's he's as shitty as he was it. at Kentucky. We had a Trey Palmer touchdown today, so um, so we're seeing some big red, uh, some scores, couple, big red, couple of two or a sightings. So, um, yeah, <clears throat> let's wrap it up. I I have the Giants winning as well. So perfect. Well, uh, Drake, thanks for joining me tonight, my man. Hopefully, we can get YouTube figured out for next week. Uh, I'll be working on that as well. So, fingers crossed there. Otherwise, we'll do it on Twitter like we've been doing. Uh, for Drake, for myself, thanks for joining us tonight, everyone. Have a great week. We'll talk to you later for Church of the Corn. Members of the congregation, let's raise our Kool-Aid filled glasses and drink to all the things that were, are, and forever will be Nebraska Cornhuskers. Go Big Red. Hail Varsity Radio, every weekday afternoon from 4 to 6 p.m. On Thursday, show from counterread.com, Brandon Vogel, former Colorado football head coach Gary Barnett, and staff writer for The Athletic, Mitch Sherman, that and more. Hail Varsity Radio is the best sports talk radio show around. Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbal have you covered every weekday, 4 to 6 p.m. with Hail Varsity Radio.